Right, there we go. The time is four minutes past seven o'clock. And um, I just want to give God all the glory for bringing us this far today on this Human Rights Day. Uh, you guys are actually listening to my voice for the fourth hour in a row. Apologies for that. But I hope you like what you hear. I'm sure that you'll be positive after the next hour that we'll be spending on air. And I'm, I, I, I'm honest. I'm ecstatic. I am really excited. I've been on a hunt for Reverend Paul Coupe for quite a while now. So I'm actually so excited to spend time with her tonight. Before we get there, we want to welcome all of our listeners right now. Quiz all the way, tuning in from Australia. He's working night shift. He's tuned in right now. We're going to say hello to Sean Wistazen in Mumbai in India. That is our father. People's listening. All the glory to God for that. Then, of course, we've got the Jesus Movement in Israel tuning in on a Monday evening, which is absolutely so awesome. And um, then, of course, our listeners from Gauteng all the way to the Cape on um, your number one hit Christian radio station, Radio Pulpit 657 AM and 729 Cape pulpit so shout out to all of you guys for uh, tuning in if you want to be part of this evening's program our social media channels are open right now you can telegram us on 0826572729 the sms line is open 37871 and if you want to ask reverend paul Coupe a question you are more than welcome to do so so without any further ado i don't want to waste too much time tonight because i'm so excited Rev, it is a privilege and honor to welcome you on Radio Pulpit's Filling the Gap. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Duane. It's an amazing, amazing honor for me to be here. And congratulations to Radio Pulpit for this sterling job that you're doing. And uh, a big uh, hello to the listeners out there. And it's exciting to know how far your reach is right now. Mm. The Lord increase your reach. Absolutely. You also <laughs> just welcomed some people on your social media platforms. I did. I was just posting as you were introducing right now, just letting everybody know that we're on so that, you know, because as you know, the media platform is one of the most important platforms in terms of educating. Mm. You know, Romans 12, two talks about um, not conforming to the world, but being renewed, you know, through we have to be transformed through the renewal of our mind. And what is better? What is better than radio and TV and all the media platforms to do that? So I'm grateful again for this opportunity. Well, Rev, I've been on a hunt for a while to have you. And I've actually been sort of jealous of Ayanna and Lisa because <laughs> usually on a Monday evening, I follow their show. I'm up from 6 to 8 and then I walk into the studio. And you used to be on air, I think, about quarter to 6 on a Monday evening with Ayanna and Lisa. And yeah. praise the Lord, two years down the line, I've got you on my show. Oh, my goodness. I'm so easy to find. I'm surprised you were hunting for me. <laughs> Maybe we should. Uh, hopefully, my secretary is listening so we could. Uh, Darinka, come on. you got a hand rev pull <laughs> next time. <laughs> well, Rev, I'm I'm excited, and um, let me explain to you why I'm excited. Um, mm-hmm. When I hear the word Reverend Paul Coupe, mm-hmm. I know that kingdom legislation is close to your heart. Right. But um, one of the questions that, that one of the listeners have actually been asking, and we spoke about that over the phone mm-hmm. last week in preparing for tonight, was mm-hmm. the Word of God gives us instruction that we've got to honor God firstly. But right. there's also scripture that says you've got to honor your Caesar. Right. So now you've got to find the fine balance between... Right. Honoring your Caesar and honoring God. And I'm of opinion, if I'm out of line, Rev, please correct me. Mm-hmm. But when 
honoring my Caesar contradicts what the Word of God teaches me to honor, then with all due respect, my Caesar is second in line. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, I think in everything, it's clear what the order is, that um, it's always God first. Hmm. And so to the degree that there are protocols um, that we have on earth that are not in alignment with our kingdom protocols, then the kingdom protocols um, go first. It's just the same as our citizenry. I usually tell people, you know how we brag about I'm a South African, I'm a mm. Sotho, etc. Well, Ephesians 3.20 actually tells us that we're citizens of heaven, mm. first and foremost. Sure. So when it comes to priority, all of us must first respond as sons of God and as kingdom citizens first. Before you respond as a South African or mm. as a Zulu mm. or, or, you know, those are secondary issues. But in the first instance, you are expected to respond as a son of God. So what does my father say? What are the sure. protocols and standards of the kingdom? Because those are the ones that must direct us in the first instance. And to the degree that, you know, earthly protocols do not contradict our kingdom protocols, then we obey them and we, we honor them. But the, even in the Ten Commandments, our first um place of honoring is honoring God and obeying God. There's so many scriptures about obedience being better than sacrifice. So yes, we do honor authorities, but not to the degree where, um, you know, it, it is actually now in direct contravention of our spiritual principles and our spiritual protocols. And that's why we see even in the Bible, Dwayne, we see examples of people who went to prison, were thrown in prison because they took that stand. Rather than break the kingdom mm. protocols, they were ready rather to be devoured by, by lions or thrown in prison because there is that, that benchmark and that line which we need to know when to draw. It's amazing how God works because you were mentioning the word prison right now. Right. And my next question was, was, was leading in that direction. Right. Um, so thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. <laughs> but, but Rev, I have an interesting question, and maybe perhaps this comes as a huge challenge for children of the Lord. In the context of when God gives us scripture on how to do certain stuff, right? but our earthly law says that we may not do it. And yeah. now we do the godly thing in honoring the word of God, right. but on earth we can be prosecuted in a court of law and receive jail sentence for it. Right. Where do we find the balance as citizens of this country, but firstly citizens of heaven? Right. And where do we then enforce the rules governed by the Bible, yeah. even though it's in contrast with our earthly rules? Yeah. I mean, again, I think it's the same response that first and foremost, you know, we are expected to abide by our kingdom protocols. Mm. I think for me, there's also an aspect where wisdom comes in. Mm. Because sometimes as Christians, we take unnecessary steps, which will cause us to go to prison. You understand what I'm Mm. saying? There's some things which you don't have to do. But now when you become overly confrontational and you think that, you know, because I'm being bold, but they're just some unnecessary steps. And that's where we need to understand where does wisdom play a role? Because there there are times when I've just had to learn just to, you know, God has just told me, keep your mouth shut on this one. You don't have to speak on this one. Mm. 
And and mm. that requires us to be led by the Spirit of God. Romans 8.14 says, For as many as were led by the Spirit of God shall be called sons of God. <laughs> so in terms, it's very important for us to hear God, to obey his leading, know when to keep silent, know when to open our mouths. Because one thing I've also learned is that if God directs us to open our mouths and speak, he will always protect us. Sure. He will always protect us. And by the way, protecting doesn't necessarily mean you won't be thrown in prison. <laughs> it just means that you'll be kept safe in prison. So protection doesn't mean um, that, you know, you're not you're going to avoid certain situations. I mean, after all, Joseph was thrown in prison. Absolutely, yeah. But guess what? Prison was a part of his destiny because it was in prison that he met the guy who took him to the palace. So if he wasn't in prison, he wouldn't have actually gotten to his governmental authoritative position in the palace. Sure. All right, Rev, two examples of listeners that came in during the week because right. uh, we, we, we actually advertised this for a while on Pulpit. So he has two examples of one of the questions. And yeah. um, some of these questions borderline uh, controversial answers. <laughs> but just as you mentioned, we are outspoken about Jesus Christ. Right. So. Yes, an example. A parent wrote us an email saying that, what do I do? The word of God says, don't spare the rod on my child. Yeah. Uh, but government says, if I touch my child, I'll be thrown in prison. Yeah. What do I do, Red? Yeah, that's 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 a really challenging one. And of course, you know, we were involved in that case, mm. which went to the Constitutional Court about nine years ago when the case was first heard. Um, it was actually at, um, what's that palace place near Joburg? Is it Emperor's Emerald? Palace. Emperor's, I yes. almost said Emerald. Yeah. <laughs> Emperor's Palace. So they called for, for um, submissions, and I was one, one of the Christians and believers who went to make submissions on behalf of the Christian community, citing that exact same scripture, that as believers, our faith and our religion. Um, says that we mustn't, um, we must actually discipline our children, but in a loving way. And of course, the Constitutional Court determination ruled against us, um, also citing the Constitutional Court. So, um, you know, again, one one has to be very careful um, around that. And, you know, it's kind of like one has to be led by, by the Spirit of God. And to the degree that... Um, one is able, one, one actually has to follow the law mm. uh, to the degree that one is able. And um, I think in this instance, one needs to also look at other ways, alternative ways maybe of disciplining a child. Uh, while some of us lawyers and advocates continue to take the case up in the courts and fight it from a, from a legal uh, point of view, one maybe needs to explore other ways of, of disciplining the, the child. And if you do, if you do feel very strongly about your convictions, which, of course, is your right, you know, um, then you do need to understand the consequences that if you are actually caught, there is a possibility because this is what the law says. So that's that's all I can say is that you have to make that informed decision. And if you feel strongly about it, then that's a, a decision that you need to take as an individual uh, prayerfully and and be led by the Holy Spirit in that instance. So um, but I mean, for now, I would say that there are other ways of, 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 of looking at disciplining children enforcing discipline, you know, taking away certain privileges things like that. Um, but I think, let me just say this for Christian parents who are out there also. Um, one of the best ways of disciplining children is teaching them. 
teaching sure. them. And by that I mean that when you teach children what the consequences of doing a certain action are, that's actually the best way you can you can discipline children. And I want to share maybe uh, something in my own life. Uh, my daughter's here, so she's probably may not, she may not thank me for this. Go but, for it. But I have to use her as an example. I'll keep her mic down. So yeah, go keep, for it. Keep her go mic down and just you know and oh. save me. I need protection <laughs> after this. <laughs> but you know, when she was young, she was about eight years old, and she she kind of spoke to me in a way that was disrespectful. And uh, what I did with her there was to, instead of, I mean, she didn't get a spanking that time. She didn't get withdrawal of privileges. But what I said to her is I said, I want you to go and study on honoring thy father and mother. Mm. And I want you to write a one-page essay explaining to me why you need to honor your parents. Mm. And so she studied, she studied. At the end of the day, she just slid the piece of paper under my door, you know, and and she read it. But here's the thing, interesting thing. That was pretty much the last time my daughter ever disrespected me. And you know why? Because she understood that the implications and consequences of actually um, dishonoring me would fall on her and not on me. So mom wasn't asking to be respected because, you know, I wanted her to bow down to me because I was oppressing her. But she understood that because the Bible now told her that for her days may be long. And the Bible also said so that it may be well with her. So one best way of enforcing discipline is by educating our children, teaching them and letting them know the consequences of, of, of disobeying and the consequences of, of you know, not following the biblical sure. protocol. That's why Proverbs 22, 6 actually says, teach train and train and yes, equip a child. And you know, the scripture actually in Amplified says, equip them according to their leaning, their bent, their gift. According to the way that they're wired. So teach and train them according to their giftings, their talents, their, 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 all of those, their leaning, their bent. And then when they're older, they they will not depart from it. It's amazing that you mentioned this because as you are talking, I've got this thoughts coming up and then you just continue confirming it. There was a, there was a movie um, called The Lorax. I don't know if you've seen that movie. And in the movie, the question is asked, which, to which side does a tree fall? Yeah. And the guy said, why? And he yeah. said, because it falls always to the side that it leans to. Wow. Um, and that was for me was very profound. Joyce yeah. Meyer actually said that if you fail to educate your children, the world will gladly do it for you. Yeah. And exactly. then, of course, one of my legends, my own father, he said discipline without any love isn't discipline at all. Absolutely. So I think we just got to put this into context. You not sparing the rod and beating your child means nothing. If he or she didn't learn anything from it. Absolutely. Rev, the next one, he has a, he has a, this is a tough one, but I see you're, sure. good, you're good with the tough ones. I like <laughs> I'm it. I'm trying. <laughs> All right, so um, I've read up a bit on you, and I know that you've, you've written some stuff with the United Nations and so forth and so forth. Right. But there's this new thing coming through that they're pushing for the agenda for 2023 unisex toilets in yeah. our government schools. Right. So what is, what is our legal right as as 
parents right. who do not want our children to go into those bathrooms. Right, right. Where, where, do we, where, where do we go from here with this specific with this issue? Yeah, well, we've been working on that one as well, and I've been doing. I've done a lot of writing. I write for Joy Magazine. Some of you may have read the articles, mm-hmm. but I did do, um, you know, an article on that one specifically as well. And I warned the the the, the nation when the bill was coming up in terms of uh, the aspect of the toilets, etc. The challenge we have, Dwayne, the challenge I really have with us as believers is that we complain after the fact. Sure. Um, so when we send out bills, and that was one of the reasons that w- we had that program on Radio Pulpit, um, it was to be used as a platform for informing. Awareness. A- exactly. Awareness so that, you know, whenever a bill came up, legislation came up, we mobilized people to say, go and speak out against this. Because once a law is passed, it's very difficult to undo it. Legislation takes years to pass. Bills take years to be drafted and they go through various steps before they're passed. So to undo it is going to take a lot of time. So we talked about that bill and we warned the body of Christ that this bill is coming. And so you need to speak up against it now. And of course, as, as usual, you know, we were silent on it. And, and now we've, we've, we've got this issue coming up. And um, I know that for SA and a number of people I work with, I work with people like Nadine, Badenhorst and, and other people and still trying to, to fight that and push back on that because it is equally um, a, a an infringement of our own rights in terms of freedom of religion. And I think, you know, we probably will not have uh, dealt with the subject properly if we don't deal with the aspect of freedom of religion. If you're talking about human rights, then we have to talk about it within the context of us as a body of Christ. And how do we acknowledge and recognize our own um, freedom of right? Because that is a, a right, a human right. So as the body of Christ, what are some of the things that we need to do to protect our freedom of rights and to make sure we're not only educated, but that we are able to um, recognize any attempt to shut down our freedom of religion, our freedom of thought, our freedom. That's the way it's phrased, actually, in the Constitution under Section 2 of the Constitution. It's phrased specifically that of freedom of thought, belief and opinion, and mm. religion. So for us to be able, you can't protect something that you don't know, Dwayne. Mm. You don't know about. So and there have been some gains that have made, for instance, around hate speech. Mm. I don't know if you remember that um, the, 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 the hate speech bill has been worked on for the past nine years. Mm. And essentially what the hate speech bill was going to do was going to shut down the ability of pastors to actually preach the gospel. Mm. Because a lot in terms of the definition of the hate speech bill, it was going to refer directly to some portions of scriptures in mm. the Bible. And so you as a pastor... If you were going to preach certain portions of scripture in the Bible, it would have fallen under the definition of hate speech bill. And according to that bill, you would have become liable to three years imprisonment Mm. for first Mm. offense and five years imprisonment plus a fine for any um, other offenses after the first, second or third offenses. And what um, Forrest and other organizations were able to do 
was to represent the body of Christ to the degree that there was an exception, a religious exception clause. Oh, wow. So that now, if you're preaching, as long as you can show that you were not preaching coming from a place of hatred, but you were preaching more or less through, uh, with regard to expression of your, your religion. Based on your scripture. Based on your scripture and not to, you know, dehumanize, not with the agenda of hating on anybody. But really just with the agenda of expressing your faith. So now there is an exception clause, which now means that the body of Christ preachers can now preach without fear of going to prison because they're preaching the gospel. So that's an example of why the body of Christ needs to be educated, needs to be informed, and needs to actually come to the party before the bill is actually passed. So when you mm. intervene before the bill is passed, then you're able to, to make some... Amendments. Amendments and some contribution to ensure that your rights are still protected. Sure. So that's very, very important for us. On this Human Rights Day, I really pray that the, 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 the body of Christ will wake up will wake up to the need to actually understand our role. And um, I, I do want to say this before we talk any further, is one of the things that we fail to understand as the body of Christ, because many of us think that our job and our role is to go to services on Sunday. Um, if you're in the choir, wear a nice little uniform, red and black uniform, happy clappy, and then sing Kumbaya, my Lord, on Sunday. That's not it. That's not it at all, mm. That's not it. In fact, one of the key um, components of the ecclesia or the church is the, its legislative DNA. Oof. It's legislative DNA. Mm. So when you talk about the church, the ecclesia, which is the ekkaleo, which is the called out ones, you're talking about a community and a body of people who've been consecrated, who've been set apart to actually function as God's national assembly, mm. which legislates and governs on his behalf on earth. Mm. And powerful. that is the reason why we need to get involved <laughs> in legislation. We are here to legislate. We're here to govern. We're here to, you know, govern on earth. And Psalms 24 1 says the earth is the Lord's and all its inhabitants. And so if we are sons of God, it means that we, as sons of God, our responsibility is to manage our father's estate mm. and mm. to steward it on his behalf. And there's no better way to steward it than to actually work on the legislation because legislation determines our conduct and our behavior. So it's important on this Human Rights Day to understand that human rights is connected to legislation. And if we want to be involved in protecting human rights, then we must understand legislation and we must make sure as the body of Christ that our own human rights are not infringed upon. Rev, it feels to me like we've got so much to discuss and it feels to me like that the church <laughs> yeah. do not know all these things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I'm actually very jealous of the time, the one evening that we have together. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't we once a month or once every two months meet up and do this? Look, I'm, I'm game. I'm, I'm really happy. This is my calling and this is my grace. I didn't go to law school for nothing. I didn't go to law school to buy a Ferrari or a Lamborghini or, you know, <laughs> although, I'm, you know, God, that's not off the cards either. If you want. <laughs> but that was not the reason. Um, I went to law school so that God could use me as a legislative instrument 
to bring the justice of heaven, not the justice of the world. Sure. But the justice of heaven, remember Psalms 97 two says, righteousness and justice mm. are the foundation of, of his throne. So sure. in, in the kingdom of God, there is no justice without righteousness. Sure. So in the world, we were taught at law school that equality is the basis of justice. But when you are a lawyer representing God, an advocate representing God, you know that there's no justice without righteousness. Well, Rev, let's do this. Let's let's take a short break. And when we come back, I sure. specifically want to talk a bit about the church world. Okay. But then I also want to spend some time in you educating us mm-hmm. in things that we got to look out for right now. Right. Uh, things that's, that's running around now. So Absolutely. I knew, I knew, I knew that an hour is not going to be enough for the two of us. <laughs> I knew that. And I'm actually so excited just to take hands and in future inform churches more about these things because I think things are mentioned here. And I personally want to touch on the church world. Uh, yeah. There's so much stuff in the church world. Rev, just before we took the break, mm-hmm. you gave an explanation on whether the church is a responsibility. Yeah. Um, please, please just go back on that again. I yeah. just want to grasp that. Okay. On the churches, listen, in Matthew 16, 18, this is what Yeshua said, and it's a scripture we all know. And he said, I will build my church upon this rock and the gates of Hades. Mm. will not prevail against my church. Mm. Now, the word that he used for my church was ecclesia, mm. which is a Greek word. And you, when you do an etymology or a study of that word, it comes from two words, ekkaleo. Mm. So Yeshua was saying, I will build my church or I will build my called out ones because mm. ekkaleo means called out ones. So I will build my church. I will build my generation, my group of called out people, called out individuals who are consecrated, who've been set apart to govern, to legislate mm. and to function as my national assembly on earth. Mm. This is what the ecclesia used to congregate for. It was a community of people who would come and congregate to decide the issues of the community, Mm. to decide the legislative matters of the community. Now, when you look at Isaiah 33, and I want to say something very quickly, um, Dwayne, is that one of the biggest lies that has gotten the church to stay out of politics and, you know, state issues and stuff is the aspect or the so-called doctrine of separation of power, the, you know, separating the state and the church. Mm. But that was never God's original plan. Because the church is supposed to be an integral part of it. One of the scriptures I love to quote most is Isaiah thirty-three twenty-two. And Isaiah 33, 22 says this. It says, for the Lord is judge. The Lord is lawgiver. The Lord is king. Mm. He will save us. Essentially, the scripture is saying the Lord is judge means he's the judiciary. The Lord is lawgiver means he's the legislature. The Lord is king means he's the executive. Those are the three arms of government. Mm. So the scripture is basically saying that the three arms of governance take its source and its root from God. He's the source of government. He's the source of governance. And so if we as sons of God are his sons, we must be functioning in all those three areas in the judiciary, within also the legislature and within the executive. We must have people in there. We must be legislating. We must be a part of forming the the laws. We must be a part of forming all of that. So we cannot afford to stay outside of those parameters because God is the source of governance 
and we must be ruling and reigning with him on earth. And so the lie of the enemy has been to keep the church out. And to say that the church has no business in that. But mm. as the ecclesia, we are supposed to be his governing and legislative body. And let me tell you, whenever anybody um, wants to change the conduct and behavior of a people, they use the tool of law. Mm. Because sure. when, when you legislate something um, and make it legal, people have to abide by that law. When you criminalize something... And you say you're not allowed to do this. So if you go out there right now and you're not wearing your mask and social distancing, etc., you know, in some places, because I know some places they don't take it seriously. <laughs> but if you're not following the rules, you could be liable to imprisonment and a fine. So when people want to control your behavior and your conduct, they use the method of law to control your conduct. So if you don't want your conduct, like for now, we're talking about the aspect of spanking children. You as a Christian believer, your conduct mm. has been restricted through the measure of law. Because, you know, we, we didn't come out, you know, hard enough to, to, to talk about that issue. So an 89% or whatever the statistics are now of Christian believers have actually been, been held you know, to a particular law. And yet there are other faiths that are here that are are small percentage, two, three percent percentage. And Christians are having to follow their their line of faith. Mm. You know, all of that. So it's it's very, very important for us as the church to understand that first and foremost, um, we are a legislative body. And so we must be very involved. If you want to be salt if you want to be light, the scripture says that salt is there to bring flavor. And if it doesn't, it must be thrown out. It's useless. Mm. So church and the body of Christ, what flavor are we bringing in the legislature? What flavor are we bringing legally? Because it's the law that's used to determine the conduct and behavior of individuals in the nation. Mm. So we need to rise up. We need to rise up right now. And it's, it's, a, it's a shame that where any leaders and if we have leaders out there who are contravening, contravening right now, they're not, they're, they're not even wanting to obey that, that law. How is it that some leaders can be exempt but others not. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. We, we the, the, the body of Christ, are, are, are being, uh, you know, punished and pummeled uh, to obey certain aspects of law. But then there's some leaders who seem apparently are exempt mm. from obeying the law. So we need to stand up as, as a body because, you know, one of the principles in the Bible is around unity. Unity. You just took the words from my mouth again. <laughs> it's around unity. Psalms 133 talks about unity. So when we stand up in unity and we're able to push back, like I said, with the hate speech, we saw some, 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 you know, some progress because we stood up as a one voice, united. God said in Genesis 11, you know, when Nimrod was building the tower, he said, look at them. One voice, one language. Nothing will be restrained from them because they're unified. So when we're unified, mm. it's where God commands a blessing. It's where, you know, we, we have more power, more strength, more fire, all of that. And so we need to do that. I, I want to mention this just recently because we're in the COVID times. 
And, um, you know, we're still going to talk about the church's responsibility. Of course, chapter two of the Constitution is the chapter that deals with. And I, I want to encourage everybody listening. Make sure that you're familiar with chapter two. It deals is the Bill of Rights and it deals with the aspect around freedom of, of religion, which is also, you know, it's actually talked about in terms of freedom of belief and freedom of opinion and thought and religion. It's important for us to actually know our rights and so that we can protect them. But, you know, um, in, in terms of um, what's happening right now uh, with the aspect of COVID, um, recently, I'm not a medical doctor, but, you know, I've been reading and I found out that ivermectin um, is actually a form that is, is being used uh, to in a twofold so ivermectin out there, people are taking it not only to to deal as a treatment. So when you have COVID, what ivermectin does is it stops the multiplication of COVID. But secondly, ivermectin, and what I'm saying um, is something that WHO has actually <clears throat> said. So I'm not saying anything that's contentious or mm -mm. controversial. WHO has put it out there that ivermectin has a minimum of 83% eff efficacy rate. Um, ivermectin is a drug that is won the Nobel Peace Prize in 2015. It's being widely used in countries and nations like Nigeria. Nigeria's figures are only 2,000 deaths in a nation of almost 200 people. They're using, they've been using ivermectin. So ivermectin is a tried and tested drug. But what? But hold on, I'm going to stop you there. Yeah. Because yes, it is a tried and tested drug. But but but, aren't we as Christians forced to take the vaccine? And what is our legal right to do so? Why would we need this other mechanism that you're talking about if we are forced as Christians to take uh, the vaccine? I'm so glad you said that because number one, we actually not forced to take the vaccine. Mm. There was a point where the government was going to make it mandatory. And they were threatening that it has to be mandatory. Everybody has to take the vaccine. Well, you know, we we raised a lot of noise, made a lot of noise and threatened to go to court. And the government came back to say that vaccine is optional. Mm. So you are not forced out there. If you are out there as a Christian, you are not forced to take um, vaccine. And we have to keep it that way. Because to be forced to take a vaccine is also against our constitutional rights. Mm. Um, it is a constitutional right. You must be left open with that vaccine. And um, there are limitations, of course, to rights. But as far as I'm concerned, that limitation should not override my ability to choose which, which, um, which alternative I want to use to protect my own health. So if I choose to take ivermectin, I should be allowed that choice and not forced to take a vaccine if I don't want to take a vaccine. And what we did, because ivermectin was initially not allowed in South Africa, mm. and there was a lot of hullabaloo around it being used as a drug for animals. You know, it's an antiparasitic drug that's been used on cattle, you know, to remove parasites and an animal like that and the liquid form. But a group of us, there was a group on Facebook, you know, you know, who were proponents of ivermectin. Um, there was a, a group of 100 medical doctors who wrote a petition to uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa. And then the first group who actually took it to court was AfriForum. And AfriForum 
took the South African health regulators because they were the ones who were denying South Africans access to a tried, tested and proven drug that not only treats COVID, but also actually is prevents COVID. So you can take it as a preventative measure. You know, I just came out from from hospital to have an, an operation two months ago. Um, on, on, on my leg because I, I had an issue with my leg and I dislocated my ankle bone. The doctors who were treating me asked me if I was on any medication and I said, yes, ivermectin. And they told me, you are a very wise woman. And they said, all of us here are on ivermectin. Clever. Very clever. So I, I want to say that we ha- we must know that we have that option. And we cannot allow the government to override our, uh, our ability to choose which alternative and which option we want to take to oh. treat or to deal with COVID. So I want to encourage South Africans out there. It is your right to choose to take an alternative form of COVID. And, and by the way... You know, we're on level one right now and the, the stats have fallen very, very low and um, vaccines were only introduced just the other day and only for health workers. So <laughs> that says something. I'm not going to go further than <laughs> that, but just to say. Read between the lines. Yes, exactly. <laughs> just figure it out yourself that, you know, the stats have fallen so drastically um, and we're th- that we're on level one, but yet South Africans have not been vaccinated for all intents and work, you know. And I mean, I know some may be saying it's herd immunity. We choose to believe that it's prayers and um, other alternatives that people have been using. We, we trust in God. We trust that he's answered our prayers. He's heard our prayers and he's 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 he's, he's delivering. And, and answering our prayers. All right. So, Rev, listen, uh, time runs. We actually have is, 10 is, minutes is left. <laughs> we have 10 minutes left, but I have two questions that I got to ask. Right. But you got to restrict 30 seconds to those questions okay. because you still got to fill us in, yeah. in a nutshell of what's going on right now. Right. But I got to honor these two questions. The okay. first question is, uh, do I understand you correctly, Rev, that it's not the church's responsibility to only tick off the tick list of attending church on a Sunday? Yeah. A church member has a greater role to play. Please explain. 30 seconds, Rev, go. Oh, my God. We've got a whole much more to do. I mean, God tells us from Genesis 1.26. He says, take dominion. He says, take authority. That's the mandate he's given us right there. And taking dominion and authority. How can you take dominion and authority in a Sunday service? There's no dominion and authority to be to taken on a Sunday service. We've got to go out there in the marketplace. We've got to go out there in the media, take these platforms, you know, own the radio stations and the newspapers so that when we're responsible for renewing people's minds, we've got to be out there in governance. And it's and not the just the job states. of the pastor. It's not just the job of the pastor. We are all ministers of the gospel. So we've got to go out there in the marketplace. We've got to own the businesses and all of that. So definitely... Um, we can't be salty any otherwise. We've got to be the salt. We've got to be the light. We've got to occupy and do business till he comes. And okay, my 30 seconds are All right, up. here's the next one. Here's the next one. Because we got to get to the hot topics right now. Okay. Right. So I don't want us to have an argument on why taxis are full, but churches are restricted. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. is a topic for another day. Exactly. But if we are the, the, if we receive the mandate from God to be in control of legislative actions and stuff like that, we got to firstly understand that unity plays a big role. But we also got to lead by example. Now, one of the biggest frustrations that we have right now with some pastors that I've spoken to over the course of the past two weeks is their church congregation do not even want to fill in a survey to come to church. 
nor are willing to comply. For me, there's a, there's a fine line between you want to do the godly action of running the legislation of the country, but right. you can't even follow the rules as the church. Right. What is our godly responsibility towards honoring the surveys and honoring legislative put out by government right now? Yeah. No, I, I mean, I think, like I said, you know, there's a degree of compliance for to the degree that it's not mm. causing you to sin and to the degree that it's mm. not causing you to, it's not against any of the kingdom protocols, then there is an, uh, an obligation for us to comply with that. I think the, at, at worst, it's just inconvenient or maybe we're just lazy and we don't want to comply with that but definitely i don't think that we we we're refusing to comply um because of any uh you know immorality around mm. it it's not an immoral thing to do it's just that it's inconvenient and so to that extent i think there there, there is an obligation on us but i also do want to say this to the church and you know because um and and maybe what i'm going to say is a little bit contentious because we talk about the church being closed down and I do want to encourage the church and say this, that the church is not a building. <laughs> the church is, is not a building. It's people. It's people. And so to the degree that your mouth is not closed down, to the degree that you're still able to preach, to the degree that you can still use technology to preach. And yes, I know it's good to gather Hebrews ten twenty five. So meet outdoors. Exactly. <laughs> we can gather, we can meet outdoors, etc. We can preach through writing of books. All I want to say, and, and this is not to throw shade at anybody, who's, no. you know, any movement that's out there. But all I want to say is let's also consider other alternatives. Mm, powerful. Powerful. All right, Rev, we've got six minutes left, and right. I don't want to stop you. It feels like we're only going to be on air a month from now again. <laughs> so what is what is what is the the next few things that we as the church have got to be aware of? Number one and number two, if there's an avenue for us as the church to go and to participate, like like you said, mm-hmm. we want to participate before something becomes law. Right. What are those things? In six minutes, Rev, update us. Okay. Go for us. Well, first and foremost, and I'm so glad we're doing this program because the first issue for the church is we must be educated. Mm. We must be aware. Mm. You cannot take any steps until and unless you're educated and Mm. you know what's going on. And so this is a first step. I think with this program, it's going to help really educate people and and, and understand what their role is as kingdom legislatures. Uh, You know, people who legislate on behalf of, 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 of God on earth. So that's really, really exciting. So we must be educated. We must know what bills are coming up. We must get involved. We must have a voice. When we call you to draft and sign petitions, please don't think that it's, it's, it's inconvenient because it'll be much more inconvenient when the bill is passed mm. and it stops you from spanking your children. It will be more inconvenient for you in prison than it will be if you had signed that petition. And so when we mobilize, when we lobby, please look out for those and understand that as an individual. Listen, the legislatures are not just members of parliament who are out there in parliament. You as an individual, you have a voice. You have a voice. You know, if you study the original word of the the meaning of the word politician from the Greek politimiao, it actually means good citizen. Oh. Politician. So you and I are politicians. If you are a good citizen, you are a politician. It doesn't take you sitting as a member of parliament in parliament to actually have a voice and make a difference. So what South Africa needs in this season is active citizens. 
citizens who will push back and say, we want to have access to ivermectin because that case was won. Do you know that, that the South African health regulator, before they even stepped into court, they conceded. Sure. So the court didn't, the case didn't even go to court. They conceded and the judge just drew up an order and said that the public can have access to ivermectin, limited access when Afroform took it to court. And then ACDP followed up with another action. <laughs> and with that action now, we have full access, not just limited access, but full access. So this is what happens when we take responsibility for our own actions. We take responsibility and to determine our own laws and we don't just sit back and take it easy and eat slap chips and maguinha. <laughs> I like <laughs> Right. What, what other stuff? Three minutes. What, what else is happening right now that we should look out for? Well, in terms of COVID, what I want to say to you, of course, like I say, keep an eye and make sure that your freedom of choice to take the, the, the alternative options that you want to take, make sure that that's not shut down so that, you know, you're shut out of places because you haven't taken the vaccine. Mm. Watch that. Another thing that the church needs to be very watchful of is that we've had certain freedoms taken away from us. Freedom of speech and freedom of association under the COVID lockdown regulations, because, you know, under the, the Disaster Management Act, it allowed for the suspension, the temporary. And I want to say the word temporary, temporary suspension of certain constitutional rights because of the Disaster Management Act. So what I want to say to the body of Christ is watch be careful that when the COVID regulations are lifted, make sure that those those um, rights, they come back to you. Mm. Because some nations have used such times and seasons to permanently take those rights away from people. Mm. So I'm saying to you as South African citizens, watch this space. Keep your eyes peeled. Make sure that immediately the, the lockdown regulations are lifted, that we have full access to those hard-fought and hard-won rights of freedom of association, freedom of speech, and all of those things. Right now, if you say certain things, you know you'll be thrown in prison, etc., etc. But make sure that we get those rights because people died for those rights. And we have to access those rights. So watch when level one is taken. Make sure that we get full rights back, freedom of association, freedom of speech. And as the body of Christ, rise up. Arise and shine, for your light is come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Kenako, it's time. Rise up and make sure that um, our freedom of religion, our freedom of thought, of belief, of opinion, and religion is not taken away from us. So that's my message to the church. And it's easy to say updated. Um, just follow Filling the Gap on Radio Pulpit and we'll make sure that myself and Reverend Paul Coupe do this once a month. Absolutely. Are you game, Rev? Yeah, I'm 100%, 120%. All right, so Darinka is actually listening right now. Darinka. And she'll make sure that you have a, a lovely little goodie bag like that every single time. Uh, well, then, I mean, how can I refuse? Yeah, then we can make it more than once a month. Rev, um, I really can't wait to see you again, but also your daughter is going to come spend some time one, one evening with us on, um, on filling the gap regarding youth. Wow, that's amazing. Well, yeah, she's got a lot to say, so we thank God. And let me just say one parting shot to the youth. 
Um, oftentimes people, you hear the expression that the youth are our future. And I want to say to the youth out there, you are not the future. You are the present. Sure. You are the present. <laughs> you're not just the future. You're the present. We need you now. We need to hear your voice. You need to be part of the sure. consultation. Powerful. Youth, you're not just the future. You are the present. Genako. That's time. powerful. That's so powerful. Genako. Is that, does that mean it's time? It's time. Kinaka, it almost make me uh, make makanaka. Oh, oh. Makanaka, okay. I love that song. Anyway, so Rev, I, I gotta say goodbye. Um, oh. I want to apologise in advance, guys. You hit the social media lines going with questions, okay. and it seems no, but it seems to me like the next time myself and Rev is on 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 air, we should make it a two-hour show because we don't get through <laughs> stuff in one hour. But it's been an absolute privilege having you, and and I can't wait for the next time, Rev. Well, it's been my pleasure. So maybe what we need to do with those questions is just gather them up and then the next our next session maybe we can address some of sure, them and absolutely. yeah the listeners can send through questions and we will probably arrange the 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 times you sure. know around their questions and try and answer some of them Absolutely, and also go to www.radiopulpit.ca for the podcasts of all these shows. Please take them and distribute them, especially amongst the churches, so our people can be informed. And um, yeah, it's absolutely just been a privilege and honor to be with you guys for the past two hours and with you, Rev. So um, can't wait for the next time. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much, and thank you for my lunch bag. It's... I'm definitely, I have to hide it from my daughter. So. Yeah, I just got to say, Darinka, you, you gave my guest one, but what about me? <laughs> what about me? This is so unacceptable. <laughs> Guys, it's been a privilege spending the past five hours with you. Please tune in again tomorrow afternoon. I'll be with you for the afternoon drive from three o'clock until six o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Can't wait for that. Next week, same time, same place, if God allows. Uh, remember, God loves you so much. In fact, he thinks you are something to die for.